The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind? Hello. Hi. How are you? This is podcasting during pandemic. <laughs> it is podcasting during pandemic. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's... Have you been staying safe? Uh, yeah, so far, our biggest problem has been uh, that uh, the, the toilet paper shortage, there's like no toilet paper anywhere. And we didn't really expect like, oh, you won't be able to get it anywhere. We, we're just like, well, we'll just go get 7-Eleven and grab some. And uh, then I, I went yesterday and there was none there. And we're like, okay, I guess we could use paper towels or something like that. And I just had a birthday, so we've been using like the tissue paper from packages and things. And just, oh my gosh! Yeah, and and so finally we found some toilet paper, uh, but it was it was just kind of like this is a little ridiculous at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, if that's the biggest problem that I have, then I'll be happy. So yeah, I I can yeah. deal with that. So, we'll get through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I I'm very excited to talk to you, uh, and I I'm here today, everybody, with Sarah Spinks. And Sarah is kind of the, you're, you're pretty much the force behind Back Fence Society. And would you like to explain to our listeners exactly what uh, Back Fence Society is? Yeah. Um, so we are a small art nonprofit. We have a little space in downtown Vista where we're like a hive, a little hub of activity. Um, we started in 2011 doing pop-up art shows. So the very first pop-up art show we ever hosted was where the Mother Earth uh, Tasting Room is now in mm-hmm. downtown Vista. And um, so from there, we just continued to do pop-up shows. I sort of built up a little bit of a savings and social capital. And then in 2016, we became an official nonprofit 501c3. And then in October 2017, we serendipitously found a landlord who we call Mr. Unicorn, and he rents us this little space in downtown Vista, and he doesn't increase our rent every year, and he Uh. donates to us, and he's just supportive, and I mean, that's... That's how we make it the dream work, really, because we're a volunteer organization, and um, we just all donate our time. And the idea behind Back Fence 
and our little hive, our little hub, is that the community really dictates how we use the space. Mm -hmm. So it's driven by community and decided by community. So uh, the past few months, actually, we've had a lot of people who there's so many local musicians in Vista. It's kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. So, so that's been a real need. I feel like there's all these young people and they're in these little punk rock bands or, you know, they, they just want to be expressive through music. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where they, there's no venue for them. So, and they don't mind playing in our little closet space space. So I'm just supporting them. Um, I've, been uh trying to structure a music program for the past couple months so i recently had a guy named omar who's he's been working on zine things and he actually uses our space on saturdays every other saturday he does a zine called vista lonesome disco with his wife Mm -hmm. and um he stepped up and he's going to be the music director he actually does sound um at the moose lodge in oceanside on fridays so I'm excited to have somebody in the music community who can kind of step up and be a little bit of a leader because that's the kind of the idea behind the space too, is that people, um, lead their own endeavors. You know, when you're a creative or an artist, like you really have to do that. You're going to be your own boss. It's just that simple. So if Backfence can be a platform for artists and creative to, um, lead their own endeavors, and we yeah. can just be a stage for them to do that, you know, whether they make art or they want to host workshops or they're in a band, like we can do that for them. So, and it's low barrier. So there's not a lot of bureaucracy. We're mm-hmm. artists. No, no artist wants to deal with a bunch of paperwork. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and um, we're, you know, low cost. So I, I'm, I'm like, Hey, you know, donate back what you can, we suggest 20% off your event, but Mm -hmm. what you got. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I I think that's really exciting. Um, And I I love that we're starting to see a lot of people who are just artistically minded, uh, realizing that there's a need for venues like this, for spaces like this, for other artists, that there isn't necessarily the support Uh, And so just trying to create that just out of the goodness of their own heart. Um, Now you are an artist. You're actually a tattoo artist, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been tattooing the last 14 years. Oh, wow. Very exciting. And And we'll see with this pandemic nonsense. I'm just like, oh man. Yeah, that's got to be a little stressful (laughs) given you have a job that you're going to be exposed to bodily fluids. Well, so. I'm kind of like grateful for it right now mm-hmm. because I have my bloodborne pathogen training. So yeah. I'm just imagining the whole world is a tattoo shop right now. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh. But, it's like uh, wash your hands, everybody. <laughs> yes. You gotta, gotta wash your hands. That's, that's important. Don't touch your face. <laughs> And uh, all, all the all the good stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty nerve wracking. Uh, I know that um, old Scratch, my boss, um, he sometimes manifests at Whaley House, and uh, that that's been shut down. Like, and that's oh kind of, whoa, yeah, it's like a San Diego staple, and they're just like, yep, no, sorry, can't. Yeah, can't <laughs> I I had to cancel an event at Backfence that's supposed to happen mm-hmm. tomorrow, and I felt really 
bad because they're, they're young people. They're mm-hmm. seniors in high school and I don't, you know, they're not as susceptible to this. Yeah. And I felt really bad. And I'm just like, I just can't, I just, yeah. as a, as the leader of this space, I just cannot have people in our tiny 750 square foot space touching things mm-hmm. and being potential carriers. And yeah, it'd no. be so much worse if somebody came away with something. So yeah, uh, flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you are continuing to have uh, virtual fundraisers though, correct? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to um, be writing a virtual fundraiser in the next few days and going on Facebook and doing some social media outreach to just get us through. Cause I was going to be relying on some events this month. Right. And now that looks like it's not happening, but we're artists. So yeah. we figure it out. Yep. We've, we have a publication, <laughs> we, we have a publication that we're going to be working on. My husband, um, he spent the last 12 years of his career in, um, graphic design and pagination. So we're going to use his skills to create a magazine. Nice. And now we have a lot of free time to maybe work on that. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. That's exciting. (laughs) So, but, um, I, I, I think that's great. Just getting the word out. And I mean, so much of what, uh, Backfence has been doing since 2011 is really just, uh, creating, fostering that relationship with the community. Yeah. Uh, with the artists and the community and uh, you guys do so much. Yeah. Well, I feel like we live in Vista. It's Mm -hmm. pretty suburban here. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the places where people really congregate are typically like church and school and um, yeah, church and school. I don't, I, I don't really I I feel like growing up here my whole life mm-hmm. I'm I'm like you know there's a need for the punk rockers the weirdos the <laughs> introverts the goths like all those people they need a place mm-hmm. so we're definitely catering to a younger demographic though everyone is welcome so I think I'm like the only space in downtown Vista with a safe space sticker on the window. Yeah. Like we got to get out there. Mm -hmm. We got to be out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's what so many artists struggle with is uh, because art is a lot of times a very solitary thing. And Mm -hmm. then so so the idea of like I I sit there and I sit there for three days working on this painting and, and now I have to go out and talk to people (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just like but but you're creating this uh you're facilitating this environment where people can do that and they feel happy doing that and I think that's so uh cool but in addition to that you're also uh, I know that you do uh monthly trash walks as Mm -hmm. well and yeah uh, we do so that's a program of back fence uh that started actually from an art show. So we were given an opportunity to take over a building that's mm-hmm. now the dog house in downtown Vista. Okay. It was a shoe repair. So when the shoe repair left, there was a period of time where the building was just vacant and we were invited to take it over. And at that time, my son was going, My son, I think my son was like in first grade. Anyways, when I drop my kid off at school every day, you have to walk 
maybe like a couple blocks to get him to the gate. And every day I'd walk these two blocks and I'd just be walking by all this trash. Mm. And I'm like, this is gross. This is seriously how I'm walking to my kids to school right now. So I started taking a bucket and collecting all the trash. And then I started just hoarding all the trash at my house. And then we got this opportunity to use the building. And so we created a bunch of installations out of the trash. Oh, wow. We made a bunch of um, decrees that we like stapled to the outside of the building, like making statements about trash and how you're a loser if you throw your trash on the ground. And then from that, only losers litter was born. Nice. <laughs> and then um, my friend, my good friend now, uh, I was tattooed. She was actually a tattoo client first and it's evolved into friendship and she runs the only losers litter program. But she... Um, she took me out to lunch one day and she's like, you know, I just really have this desire. Like I want to be in charge of something. I want to lead something. And I'm really into this anti-trash stuff. I love it. And I said, well then cool. You're the director. (laughs) (laughs) So she became the director of only losers litter and she just makes all the Facebook events and she collaborated with my husband to create a website and So there's an online presence and she runs all the social media for that. And we meet up once a month. We canceled this Sunday's trash walk though, because of pandemic. So we're going to keep everybody safe. I was like, you know, I feel like we're cleaning up stuff that maybe we don't know who touched it, where it came from. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I know that it's outside and it's probably low risk, but also no. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I talked to you, uh, we did an interview with uh, Karina Contreras a little while ago, um, who yes. also, yeah, and she does a, pa- a trash pickup as well. And one of the biggest things is cigarette butts, which yeah. in your mouth on the ground, <laughs> and that's not exactly cleanly. So it's disgusting. Yeah. I, so I have, I have pieces of art that I've created with cigarette butts, mm-hmm. um, the last piece of art actually went into an abstract show at the Fallbrook Library. I created a piece that was inspired by Gustav Klimt's The Kiss. Oh, wow. And I, I made all these weird spirals out of cigarette butts. And then I titled it Kiss My Butts. <laughs> and the library people were like, this art is smelly. Oh. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> yeah. Ow. It's my art. That's right. It's, it's part of the experience. All the senses are involved now. So that's awesome. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's really fascinating that you, you're, you're doing something to better the community at the same time you're creating art. It's just constantly creating art. Um, one thing that back fence does that I'd love to talk about is the craft bar. Okay. Yeah. We actually haven't officially done that event yet. Okay. So, and I just, I canceled the one that was supposed to happen this week, unfortunately, But, um, so we've done a lot of things where we just get together and make things, but, uh, we recently had a general meeting where that title came up and I was like, oh, I love that. So I think I'm going to continue to create events and just call it craft bar. We really want to try to get some more open hours happening at back fence mm-hmm. because, it's just hard, but I've been trying to do more general meetings so I can bring more people into the fold and get them to champion 
things at Backfence. So Craft Bar came up and um, we basically hoard all these craft supplies yeah. and art supplies because artists will donate to us. And I basically hold on to all of it because it's all like, it's all valuable and we figure out something to do with it eventually. So we're going to just start putting that stuff out, maybe creating little projects that people can come by and work on. I'm going to, I'm trying to make the hours. So maybe people are bringing their kids after school mm-hmm. or um, it's available for young people, just anybody really. And sure. you just come by and make something chit chat or work on your own project. Yeah. I think if, if we can have more open hours, people can bring their own things. It, it was really, um, it, this pandemic is really like <laughs> messing with my mojo this week because oh, I, I had you. some momentum going and I'm like, man. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. But, um, and, and I, I think that what, once this pandemic resolves itself, hopefully, um, the idea of having workshops where you can go, uh, and because I, I live in a studio apartment right now. And the big thing that we run into is cause, cause I sculpt and I paint, I do digital art, I do editing, I do video. So there's massive amounts of equipment that goes with all of that. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I'm never working at one project at a time and then putting it away. I always have like four or five different things going on at once. So there's always just a horrible mess happening. And in a small studio apartment, when you try to have somebody over, you, yeah, it's it's just terrible. So having somewhere you can do that. Yeah. And I'm hoping like if I get some momentum on it, like someone like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you have a more compact project that you could take on the road with you. Yeah. You kind of bring it. And then you're kind of chatting with other creatives while you're working. Mm-hmm. I, I know that like my professional artist life, uh, the way we work is we, my tattoo shop is a big open studio. Mm-hmm. Sometimes tattoo shops, you come in and it's like, everybody has their own little private booth. Yeah. I like this big open format a lot more because, um, people come by and they check out what you're working on. And, um, I feel like that always pushes me to grow because I can't be shy about what I'm doing. You yeah. have to just really lean into it. I'm being deliberate. I also am not shy to be like, what do you think? Like, what should I do here? Or it's just a very open space. So there's lots of open dialogue going on about creative process. So mm-hmm. I sort of take that to back fence and I'm hoping that these artists talk more about their process, what they're doing. I think we all grow from it when we talk about what we're doing. Oh, so. yeah. And it opens it up for collaboration. Uh, and people, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so many good things come out of collaboration, mm-hmm. like just people's ideas colliding. It's it's always it's always better. Like it's always something bigger and better than you one person could have imagined, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. collaborative projects are awesome. Yeah. Now you had talked a little bit about open mic nights, uh, making a venue for uh, smaller bands that they don't mm-hmm. really have a place that they can perform. Uh, and tell me a little bit about that. Is that also up, open up to writers, to poets and people like that? Yes. The open mic has been going on a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. They just cut it back for scarcity reasons. They yeah. wanted to make it a little bit more scarce. Um, so they do it the first and third Friday of the month at seven thirty, and all types of 
performers are welcome. They have a guy that comes by and plays flute. They have rappers, they have poets, they have um, singer songwriters. Um, it's been, it's really good. I'm like, I'll pop in there and I'm like, wow, this is not your crummy, like open mic where you're just like, ugh. Yeah. Like they are really good. And I'm really, it. That program is something I'm just like so proud of them because mm -hmm. they really own it and make it special every every week that they do it. And they just really like to get together and put on this open mic. And I they respect the space and they're so inclusive and everybody's allowed to gather there. And it's just good vibes. Mm -hmm. I think it's everything that back fence is meant to be. I'm, I'm just like, I'm very, very proud of the people who help, um, keep that program going and they do a fantastic job. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to see that a lot more of that is, is coming up. Um, cause I think that people have sort of been trained into the mindset that, um, you know, to get up on stage and to perform, you have to be of a certain level. You have to have a certain amount of prestige or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it, it, you just have to have an idea and the willingness to put yourself out there. Yeah. And it's, you know, back fence is small, so it's like an intimate space. Yeah. It's not a theater. So it's almost a little bit like, wow, this is intimate. Yeah. And that it makes it really special. It's, it's, really special when you go in there and people are just putting their heart out there sure. into the mic. It's pretty cool. You're really um, seeing their faces and their reactions and it's, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not as distant as it is like at a big show. It's, uh, yeah. And I like that there's no alcohol involved. That's good too. <laughs> On it, honestly, it's yeah. kind of, it kind of makes it even more special. I don't know what it does about the event, but mm -hmm. it's, it's just so intimate and raw. Yeah. In a way, I don't it's like it's you're out there when you're doing it. So that little tiny room of people, they're just there to support each other. So it's That's, pretty cool. That is really cool. And I um I love that. I, I, I really just love that you're um finding all these creative people and, and giving them the confidence to come out there. And then you're also uh, offering instructed classes and yeah, I wish we had more. Oh, I'm dear. I'm like always telling um artists, I'm always out there like if you have an art skill and you want to sell it, here's your space. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lady named Rita who comes in and does watercolor. Oh cool. Um I have a guy named Jesse Owens. He is teaching the 101 basics of being a street artist. He's an interesting guy. He um, came from LA. He was a voice actor and he decided to just become a full-time artist. So yeah. he rolls around with a cart full of all his art and he just really puts on a whole performance about every piece. Nice. He, he is just the coolest guy. So he's, um, what he's doing is he's, um, hosting this workshop where he's basically just sharing the knowledge of all his trials and tribulations, like, what what this has been what this journey has been for him yeah so oh, i was like do it <laughs> yeah yeah and these people are volunteers that show up or they're so they're so the idea is that they are the leader of their workshop like they need to create profit center or whatever decide to monetize their workshop okay. or not 
and then they donate back to the space. Oh, They're just nice. using the space. So um, I'm, I've done a few workshops. Like I did a workshop where I went over like Canva app, which mm. is a design app that people yeah. can use. Um, I did one about how to paint a mural. Uh, we did a Facebook workshop. I'd like to get more into that, but yeah. we need internet down there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be getting internet, and I actually was about to pull the trigger and get it, and then this pandemic happened. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to wait on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Because we're I'm at a point personally where I'm just going to donate it to the space, just mm-hmm. getting internet down there. But I was like, are you serious? <laughs> No. Yeah. It's always the way. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you make all these plans for something and then like, uh, the car breaks down or, uh, you know, the water heater explodes or something. And it's always just like, Oh, good. Okay. You're, yeah. Your dog <laughs> needs surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, always the universe playing tricks on you. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, I'm, I, uh, I do want to talk a little more about, um, lonesome disco. Because we, we had talked about that a little at the beginning. And that's every first and third Saturday at your clubhouse. Yes. And sometimes when they're hanging out there, they're doing D&D. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes I popped in on them and they're Dungeons and Dragons. Hanging it up in there. Um, uh, Brianna, she is the other half of Omar for Vista Lonesome Disco, she's an embroider. She does a lot of embroidery art. So sometimes she'll be in there doing embroidery. I would like to get back to having a, um, having embroidery events like stitch and bitch, but, um, they, their Vista Lonesome Disco thing is like, they decide what they do on those Saturdays. So sometimes they're making zines. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she's just embroidering. Sometimes they're playing D and D. He likes to do record swaps. He's really into music. So they just kind of come and open up and are in the space and being themselves. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So it's it's just kind of a free-for-all, just uh, mm-hmm. people doing their thing and wanting to share it with other people, mm-hmm. so, which is really what uh, having something like this is all about. Um, and then it's it's not exclusively art it's uh you are also doing uh now tell me about the clothing rescue that you have okay so one of our regular families that hangs out with us the Mm -hmm. jeffries family uh carol is the mom and then like levi he is the lead on open mic and then phineas he is a woodworker he tools leather he likes to paint he rides a skateboard around downtown Vista wearing a computer. Oh, wow. uh, like he shelled out a computer and he wears a computer on his head. Nice. <laughs> I'm just like, do you? So, yeah. uh, and then their daughter, Una, and then Django is the littlest one. Uh, so Una is 13. She had a solo show at the clubhouse. Cool. Uh, Phineas has had two shows and then, uh, so Carol, the mom, she has, she had this idea to do a clothing rescue where you rescue your clothing. So you're bringing, the idea is like, you're bringing that piece of loved clothing that maybe you don't wear anymore. Cause it's missing a bun mm-hmm. it has a hole in it. And to set up these stations where you can love your clothing back to its 
wearable self. So we set up last time we did it. It was so fun. We set up, um, dyeing stations, which is really great because I always want to dye clothing, but I don't want to deal with the mess or like the the bathtub. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to do all that, but it's great because we just did it in the parking lot with buckets and it's not in my house. It's at the clubhouse. It's, it's just better. And then we set up a screen printing station. We had three different sewing machines set up. Like somebody brought their whole mess of buttons. So if you had buttons you needed to get done, you could do that there. Um, We had fabric paint going on. And then we had um, like a random rack of clothes like that you could grab something if you wanted to do it. Like maybe you didn't have a piece of clothing because you didn't. It was like the first time we did the event. So it was great. We're going to do another one, hopefully, March uh, 22nd, but now we have a pandemic. So I am playing everything by ear because right. I just, we I mean, we like have everybody come by, you know, old mm-hmm. and young. And I just feel like we have to be responsible. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I find myself, um, and you probably understand, but I find myself explaining to people is that. They're just like, oh, well, I'm not elderly and I'm not a baby. And it's like, yeah, but it the, the thing is, it's so infectious. You could typhoid marry it over to someone who is a baby or is elderly <laughs> and you yeah. won't feel anything. And that's that's the big problem. <laughs> yeah, that is the big problem. And yeah. we have like we have, there's immune compromised people in my life that I mm-hmm. love a lot. And I just we can't do that. I, yeah. I called my parents. I was like, uh my dad is not allowed to leave the house right now. Right. I called and checked in on him before I talked to you. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you guys are not leaving the house, right? And they're yeah. like, no, we're not leaving the house. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> right. You stay put. <laughs> Do not leave the house. Yes. That's, that's good. Well, hopefully, hopefully this, this uh, clears up and something can be done about this. I, I, I guess something like this, it just has to run its course or I'm not sure exactly how how what happens but um yeah i know we've never been here before no no (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's a little yeah it's 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 more than a little disturbing it's quite disturbing um and and i guess on that note on taking care of the community uh and uh trying to figure out uh plans of action i do want to talk about your political engagement um, okay. Yeah, you were on the ballot recently. I was on the ballot recently for yes. Democratic Central Committee. Yes. So this is all separate. It's totally separate from back fence. But it is yeah. totally separate. Yes. Totally separate. But um, yeah. So maybe like the last, I don't know, like year and a half mm-hmm. or so, maybe longer. I I've started going to um, Democratic political club meetings. So. I'm learning as I'm going, but the way this whole party thing gets handled goes down. So you go to your local Democratic club meeting and you learn about candidates and issues and you become a member of the club and then you get to vote on endorsements and you basically just judge everything Hmm. like out in the open in a very um, like open dialogue like in a meeting format but everything's getting talked about in front of you um it satisfies the nerd in me you know like (laughs) staying informed and uh i can't be a republican so Mm. i 
by default, I'm a Democrat, but there is definitely a mess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I like the way this election is going down. I'm just like, I don't know that I want to be part of this party. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a little <laughs> disturbing saying all that kind of happening. Um, now with you, uh, running for a central, was it central council? Yeah. Democratic central committee. So the democratic party in the County of San Diego, I don't think every state does this, Mm -hmm. but in California, so in the County of San Diego, you have, um, people elected in your assembly district to represent you at the County party level. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was running for. And I think last time I looked, I was in like 12th place Oh wow! out of 18. Um, I think last I looked, I had, I don't know, like 9,000 people had voted for me. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a win. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, I voted for you. I just wanted to let oh, you know. Oh, thank you. So. <laughs> um, I think it was a fun process though, to go learn about mm-hmm. like, how do you get on a ballot? It, definitely an obs- kind of more obscure race so not as difficult as maybe some other races to get mm-hmm. on the ballot and what you have to do but it was a good learning experience to go I'm just curious type of person so I was like okay I'll do yeah. this so you have to go down the registrar of voters you like you have to sit down with somebody fill out all this paperwork they give you this sheet you have to go collect signatures from registered Democrats in your assembly district to get on the ballot, right? You Mm got to get 20 signatures. And that sounds really easy, but it's not because half the people I talked to were like, wait, I don't know if I, where I'm registered to, I don't know what party I am. I'm like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're so disengaged here. It's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just people don't really think about that kind of thing. They just live their day-to-day life and they're just disconnected. And you're like, well, you you do have to be involved on on some level. (laughs) Yeah. But that was kind of, you know, that's kind of my thinking. I was like, okay, so for my ballot designation, I put my profession. I put tattoo artist. I, I like, noticed that. Uh, yeah, you're, you're going up against people who are like lawyers and, uh, you know, uh, business Community owners. organizer, right. community advocate. And I, I was, was like, like, you know what? I'm going to stand out right now. I'm yeah. just going to put tattoo artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, yeah, I, I'm voting Sarah Spinks. <laughs> but, it was fun, though. And I, I filled out my votersedge.org profile, which mm-hmm. was cool because I had a really um, formulate my political thoughts and write them down and submit this to this website that it went on. And I had people email me they were like, wow, you sound cool. I'm totally voting for you. Aww. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just be yourself. <laughs> true. True. Well, you, you hear every election, like on the presidential level, there, there's somebody who says like, oh, he's the kind of guy that I could sit and have a beer with. And you're like, well, that's nice. But I mean, it, it does, it does have a certain value, you know, mm-hmm. is this a person that I could relate to that would actually understand what I'm going through and would able mm-hmm. to, I could communicate a problem to. And I well, think that's, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like me and my friend who was on the slate with me, mm-hmm. uh, what we've noticed since being involved in these political clubs is it's honestly like, a an MLM for jobs. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody really talks about politics is 
like an industry. Yeah. Like all these people are just like a human centipede. It's an industry. <laughs> it's like, wow. You know, there's people out here who literally are spending 20% of their income mm-hmm. on health insurance. And then your doctor straight up doesn't diagnose you with like stage four cancer. Right. Yeah. That's my husband. Oh, geez. Like that's not okay. No. So I'm just over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to speak my truth and I'm a choice. That was yeah. like, I put myself on the ballot. I was like, I'm a choice. And I think I did pretty good never doing it before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's hard. It's like, I wasn't really, I feel like that election kind of went the way that I thought it would. Um, I'm, I was disheartened with Bernie and like how that went. <laughs> how it's going we can still turn it around i still have hope (laughs) i'm still donating i don't care yeah i can't i can't it's like the working people in this country it's i just you you know i hang out with all these young people at my Mm -hmm. art space and i'm just like you guys are such babies and you don't even know what's coming at you it's so expensive out there yeah yeah and now we're in a pandemic yeah. And gee, do you think we need a national healthcare system? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that a lot a lot of my uh friends that I hang out with um it, you know, they depend on being able to do uh vending or art shows or a stand-up comedy or you know, and so when you close down the venues for that and stuff like that, they it's like, okay, well, there's the internet, but that's so saturated. Like, you know, everybody's got an Etsy page and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and what do you do? <laughs> well, and there's, you know, like we're human beings, we're mm-hmm. social creatures. Like there is no replacement for in real life interaction. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. I think we can be innovative right now and yeah, use technology, but it's not a hundred percent substitute for no. interacting with people one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know? I'm sure you notice it with podcasting, like when you do live podcasts, like maybe when you're sitting down with someone physical, same space, it's probably a different experience than Skyping. Sure, sure. Well, the energy is different because I I think that um, you're able to read the person's, but like you can't really see me because the lighting in my apartment's terrible, but um, the energy is different you get kind of a feel of this person and uh, your relationship with them and stuff like that we you know I did um college newspaper my last two years of college and when you go interview people the best way to interview people was one-on-one you know mm-hmm. if if you have to do it on the phone if you have to do it through email but the best way was always like in person yeah to get that good interview content so yeah, yeah. So and um yeah I I experienced that somewhat in uh college at uh well one of the times I was in college a couple times but uh one of the times I was in college uh that I was uh doing psychology and when we're trying to interview somebody when you interview them over the phone it's like yep yep sure nope and you're just like okay great <laughs> but then in person they'll be like okay okay wait I should tell you about my sister this is funny and you're just like okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's good. But uh, yeah, and they, they just will open up to you. And, and I'm not exactly sure why, but it just it, I guess it just feels more natural than like speaking into a receiver. Like, yeah, uh, so. that's what honestly, like, that's why I like going to the political club stuff, mm-hmm. because these 
candidates, these electeds, they come around in person. You meet them in real life. Yeah. You really feel their energy. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to judge them. They're not your friend. They yeah. want your vote. Right, right. <laughs> They're supposed to go represent you and stand up for you and mm-hmm. be that meet between like the bureaucrats and the people. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing that that's always uh, kind of boggled my mind, I guess. Um, we have people like you who just decide that they're going to put themselves on the ballot like, hey, I've got interests. I've got things I want to see changed. Uh, but then every political election, we I mean, the United States separated from England because we didn't feel like we were getting uh, we, taxation without representation. We didn't feel like we had any representation so now even to run and to actually get any attention, you have to spend multi-millions of dollars just to get your campaign out there, to get your commercials, to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so already you have a group of people who are so separated from anybody <laughs> on the level of the voters mm-hmm. that it's it's just a really bizarre thing to think about that you're just like, well, how how can you represent me? You're not really dealing with any of the things that I'm dealing with at this mm-hmm moment in time Mm -hmm. so and i'm i'm really uh that's why it's hard with identity politics because i'm like a white lady but Mm -hmm. it's they're hard to talk about because i don't know and i'm just like really over the whole i used to be poor story i'm just like yeah but you're not now so i'm uh, shut up And you haven't been for a long time. Right. You right. completely left that world. Mm-hmm. I'm still over here. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. No, it's, it is. And so it's, it, it's, it gets a little confusing, but it's, it's good to see that uh, there's just people like everyday people who are getting out there and just saying like, you know, I want my voice to be heard. It's important for me to make a difference in my community. Yeah. So. And I, I think like, so I, sit down with people one-on-one tattooing mm-hmm. the um i am pretty prevalent in my community because i live right here in downtown vista and yeah. i walk around and i'm just involved in stuff and so people ask me about stuff so i just you know what i'm like okay i'll be a conduit i'll, yeah. I'll tell you what i'm paying attention to what you should pay attention to it's pretty cool like <laughs> uh, right now um I'm taking a water academy course through the San Diego regional water authority. And I, it was really interesting because they start out with like a little history lesson about water in our region and how it began. So in the 1800s, the, or late 1880s, the railroad, you know, people start settling in San Diego. We start to grow, uh, the way you get your water because it's basically a desert is people, bring their private people bring you water right and then Mm -hmm. these then this progressive era of politics as these municipalities start to grow decide you know water is not a commodity Mm -hmm. you need water for life to happen so it shouldn't we cannot trust private industry to do the right thing what does that sound like right it sounds like healthcare. (laughs) so i think the left has just a really important job to do right now and somebody's got to do it so stomp your feet in the ground lefties (laughs) do it gotta dig in and just dig dig in just do it yeah we gotta do it we need change this cannot continue like this is messed up 
people mm-hmm. out here dying now we're pandemic like yeah it's no good no 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 good at all <laughs> but uh but th- thank you for doing what you're doing and uh just for i i, I really like i've for this year, um, I'm really trying to focus in on uh, interviewing people in the community who are just making a difference. Because I think like, uh, I, I did a podcast a while ago where I had talked to a gentleman named Nick the Rat, and he had brought up the fact that like on the news, you never really see things in your neighborhood. You you see things yeah. on a global level and stuff like that, but you, you mm-hmm. never see what's actually going on around you. And it's like, does that not count? Does it, is it not important? (laughs) Oh, it's, it's so important. So like something that I've been working on is trying to get the cars on my street to slow down Mm. because the people on my street drive so freaking fast and there's so many elderly people and families that walk on my street and it is infuriating to me. So I got a stop sign like maybe like a block and a half up the street from my house, mm-hmm. which is a halfway point between the stoplight and the next stop sign. I personally don't think that made enough of a difference because it's too far from the main street. So cars just blast up my street still till mm-hmm. they get to that car- stop sign. So the other day is raining. A car starts blasting up my street. It like swerves on the mm. street, almost swipes this family. Almost takes me out getting my trash can. I was like, I'm done. So I re-emailed the upper level staff guy that got the last stop sign. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I almost just got hit. Almost watched a whole family get taken out. What are we going to do? What do I got to do? I'm just going to keep emailing you. We have to do something. Someone's going to die. And then that's going to be on you, friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think... If I, and then if, so like when I talk to people, I just tell these stories all the time and maybe it inspires people to make change on their own street. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's, you really just have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to constantly bring something up and yeah. find that upper level staff person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how you're going to do it is just putting that idea out there until you find someone who can actually address it for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And yeah. keep it polite in your emails. Just be really polite mm-hmm. and play that game. But, yeah, they need to do something about the speeding on my street. I cannot handle it. There's too many grandmas, too many babies. Yep. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed it. Uh, the the uh, portal that we have out here, um, they, there's uh, the the red uh, for the driveway that exits from this apartment complex on the upper level um, that uh, the cars can park too close and everybody has a big SUV, so you can't see around them. <laughs> so you kind of have to slowly inch your way out and mm-hmm. hope that nobody's there. And then try to get out onto the street. And uh, I, I've been hoping that at some point we could put a, a mirror across or something so you can just tell who's coming from which way. Because you can't from the driveway. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, important things that uh, really you're not going to get on the, the big government level. That you, you have to get on the community level, on the smaller government kind of level. Mm-hmm. I'm always telling people, I'm like, go to your city council meeting. Mm-hmm. Shoot, you can watch it online now. 
-hmm. thanks to Karina, like now you can sit at home, make dinner, watch your meeting and judge all those people. Yeah. You will learn so much about the personalities that represent you at your city level by just watching a meeting or two. You really get a sense of who they are as people and Mm -hmm. you get to decide, do you like that? I've lived in Vista my whole life and so has my dad. So I feel like really, it's really personal to me. It's Mm -hmm. personal and communal. And I personally feel like there's certain people up there that I just don't think should be. So I'm going to work to make sure that they go away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that really should be what everybody in a community is doing is, is listening in and deciding like, does this person represent what I actually want to see done? with my mm-hmm. city <laughs> or are they just, or are they in power because of somebody else who really is, is working against what I'd like to see happen here. But Yeah. Uh, and like, and pay attention to the words they use, mm-hmm. you know, it's reflective of how they feel in their heart of hearts. Sure. You know, when you hear a representative talk about people like apartment people, oh, like, yeah, no, I don't, you're a jerk. Apartment people. They're spooky <laughs> and they look <laughs> just like you and me. The apartment people, it's like, what do you think you're better than people? Like, you're rude. You are rude and you should go. Bye. (laughs) So I'm going to donate a lot of money to your opponent. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. But yeah, yeah, everybody should donate to local candidates. Go meet your local candidates. Talk to them. Judge them. And then if you like them donate to them Mm -hmm. and then tell all your friends to vote for them and use your social media as a tool to make that happen because Mm -hmm. that's the only, that's how you do it. So, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. walk, like if you can walk, that's really effective. It's hard because of time, but if you can walk or you have a friend who can walk, go walk, go Mm -hmm. canvas, go -hmm. knock on doors, go talk to people. I I'm very interested in, I, I do this podcast and then I also do a podcast called Creeping Wave Radio. It's a radio show with actors and bands that come in and they do the score and they also do original music. And I've, I've been talking to a couple different locations about the possibility of doing that uh, in addition to like an art show, like having live readings. Uh, where oh my gosh, yes. Live. Yeah, I'd love to do that uh, at your place. Uh, and sort of get a fundraiser going. What we're trying to do is try to have like a big event, big art show kind of thing uh, and make money back to give to our actors and our musicians because we've got people who've written original score for us and everything like that, the people who mm-hmm. contribute their songs. Uh, and they, they've they been volunteering right now, but we'd love to give back. And so I, I'd love to uh, bring that to, um, we're, we're looking at a couple different venues, but one of the venues I'd love to bring it to is Back Fence uh, when you guys are open back up for business. So, Yeah, uh, when we get through this whole pandemic, yeah, <laughs> I'll give you my phone number. I'll text mm-hmm. it to you and sure. um, we can get together and you can check out the space. Like I said, we are a little space, mm-hmm. but we have a big parking lot. And a lot of people, when they do events, it kind of flows in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a projector with a screen. Cool. We've projected um, on white paper through the window space. Yeah. So it like projects out to the parking lot. And we've done like movies in the parking lot. That's been pretty fun. Uh, 
And then we have the wall space and it's really an open platform. People are more than welcome to do installation work, murals, whatever they want really cool. in the space. When they take it over, they take it over. Nice. So it becomes all theirs for that. It time. becomes all theirs. I love <laughs> space is always changing depending who takes it over so it's really fun okay well thank you so much sarah and how can people get in touch with you and uh get a hold of back fence uh if they are interested um so we are on all social media platforms we're on facebook back fence society instagram back fence society our website is backfencesociety.com uh, our calendar is on there so you can kind of check out the events we have going on. Uh, you can direct message us through Instagram message us through Facebook or email backfencesociety at gmail.com. I send out a email new newsletter so you can sign up for that on the website that kind of gives you an overview about what we have going on. And, um, I'm downtown all the time. So if you reach out to me through any of those platforms and then you want to get in touch with me to use the space, we just make a date and I show you the ropes though. So. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. All right. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Oh, right, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to have you. Okay. Have a good night. Hey, you too. Take <laughs> stay care. Stay safe out I there. I will. You stay safe too. Take care <laughs> okay. of everybody. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Sarah Spinks of the Back Fence Society. You can get a hold of Back Fence Society on Twitter at Back Fence Social, on Instagram at Back Fence Society, and on Facebook also at Back Fence Society. So check all of those out and be sure that you check out their website. That's www.backfencesociety.com. That's www.backfencesociety.com. And thanks as always to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer who we could not do it without. Also, the Umine theme. It's by Ethan Mexell, and it's called Demilitarized Zone. Some have said that it's the most beautiful song in the world. But you know what's really beautiful is getting to share this podcast with you. And if you appreciate us doing this, go to patreon.com slash lucidnap and become a Patreon. Lend your support. Or make a small one-time donation at www.buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. You can also go to my website, lostbreadcomic.com, and check out my graphic novel series, Lost Bread, my prints, my stickers, and so much more. Even commission a piece of artwork of your very own. I do that. That's my job. That's how I make money. So go ahead and do that. I like it. You can also just follow us at all the social media links below and check out Creeping Wave Radio, the sister podcast to the You Mind. It is a scripted audio drama that tells all about my adventures when the mics go off on the You Mind, and you should definitely check it out. Creeping Wave Radio, available wherever podcasts are happening for you. And you know what? Thank you so much for watching. It means the world to us that somebody actually listens to what we do here, trying to entertain you during this, uh, pandemic so yeah hopefully you were entertained were you entertained i i hope so and you know what a super special thanks to the gramerica show nikki benfield and neil who are our patreons and we depend on them they're amazing thank you so much the you mind is brought to you by lucid nap productions in cooperation with a hairy old man thank you for listening bye 
the Necrocastic On, where we blend horror and heavy metal for your pleasure and ours. Featuring interviews with the stars of heavy metal, horror, and more. With host speculative fiction author and journalist Thomas R. Clark, YouTube sensation Mr. Scott Reacts, foodie and metal historian, smoking ward ball, the Spartan warrior, Sergeant Fury, Dan Roberts, and our guy on the couch, Uncle Skip. Cause we all need a guy on the couch. Oh, and me, Charlotte, your virtual hostess. Available Mondays, wherever you find your fine-ass podcasts. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.